At LensCrafters, we value expertly tailored eye care, provide state-of-the-art eye exams, offer a wide assortment of designer brands and high-quality lenses, because everything we do at LensCrafters is for every site that makes your life special. We offer 50% off lenses with frame purchase, shop in-store and online. Book your annual eye exam now on LensCrafters.com. LensCrafters, because sight. Eye exams are available at the Independent Doctor of Optometry at or next to LensCrafters. Doctors in some states are employed by LensCrafters. Offer valid to April 2nd, 2023. See associate for details. Hello and welcome to the Miles to Memories podcast. I'm Sean Coomer, your host, joined as always by Joe Chung from As the Joe Flies and Disney Deciphered. Joe, we have a lot to talk about. I booked some travel this week for spring break. I'm excited about that. It was inspired by Disney, which is probably no surprise. We got Packers to talk about. We got sports to talk about, Disney to talk about. I don't know. We'll we'll hit all of the things that trigger everybody out there in this show. But I should talk about it. The Packers, big game, big win against the Dallas Cowboys over the weekend. And that's probably one of the most satisfying wins as a Packers fan I've had in a long time. Because they've had so many years where they're like the best team. And then, you know, it's always disappointing for them to be the underdogs, slip into the playoffs, playing as good as ever. And then take out the Cowboys, which I'm not a big fan of, admittedly. Yeah, that was a great weekend of football. All I could think to myself this weekend was the Jets got the wrong Packers quarterback. So I'm happy for you. I think you've lived your entire life, Sean, knowing what it feels like to have a franchise quarterback. And just one day, you know, I don't even I've, I've lowered my expectations. OK, I don't even need to I don't even need to go to the Super Bowl. Just one day. Can I please have a quarterback that I'm confident is the franchise, you know, because like CJ Stroud with the Texans and even Baker Mayfield, like all these quarterbacks look amazing. And yet, and yet here we are, the the poor, poor Jets. But I did, you know, I, I, I can't remember if I talked about it on here. I know I talked to you about it, but I got those tickets to watch the Jets for the first time for like $10. So that's like the only good thing that happened with the Jets being garbage this year. But I, I think I did talk about that. I will say, that I was thinking of going to the Jets' last game of the season, which was in New England. Um, but Patriots fans are still a little greedy. The cheapest prices were still $60 for the Patriots tickets. So not like not like the unfaithful Jets fans who were just trying to get rid of their tickets for $10. $60 is still cheap for an NFL game. I think the Raiders games, the, the Raiders versus Broncos game at the end of the season was crazy expensive uh, without much going on there. Now, if you're waiting for a quarterback, you can have Jordan Love in like 12, 13, 14 years. So uh, you can just wait and yeah. do the same thing all over again. Yeah, we got Favre, we got Rodgers, and we'll get Jordan Love. To make it travel-related, did I ask you about this? I'm sorry. like My brain is a little foggy today. But Super Bowl is always a big weekend for Las Vegas travel, right? Is it expected to be even more so than normal because it's actually in Las Vegas? Or will it be you know pretty much the same or like what are you expecting as like a resident or i'm sure the hotels I, by this by this point you probably have a feel for what the hotels are thinking uh, occupancy is going to be and stuff like that and whether it's going to be a tra- crazy weekend to travel there yeah it's interesting as you say las vegas is a huge super bowl destination it here this year hotel prices have been really high and we saw that with formula one hotel prices started astronomically high and then they sort of got lower as we got closer to the event so they you know, tried to get all of the high spenders quickly and then, you know, try to fill up the rooms. And they didn't do a great job of that. With Super Bowl, we're seeing very similarly high rates, but 
The rates aren't falling, which tells you that there is high demand here. And there will be events all over the city. So the Super Bowl, like they do in any city, right? They have all of these different football-related events. A lot of the casinos are doing that. There's other special things like the Mirage Volcano is transforming into this simulator ride. Joe, like this amusement park style thing, which is interesting. Uh, The NFL has stuff going on all over town. So it will be a, a really interesting, cool place to experience the Super Bowl because you have all of that Vegas stuff. You have all of the normal sort of fan stuff. You have the game and you have the the sort of atmosphere. So I hope it's a success because we've the the NFL has said that Las Vegas will be in the mix in future years for like a regular rotation for the Super Bowl. And I do think it's probably the best city. If you really think about it, all of the hotel rooms we have, all of the entertainment, a brand new arena or a brand new stadium, really close location to all the tourist stuff as well. So yeah, I think it's a home it will be a home run of a Super Bowl. And quite unique. But if you're not interested in all that, it's going to be a very expensive weekend. So stay away. What about like the weekend before? Is it like, is there like a dip? Like does the price, are the prices like super low right before that week? I wonder if that would be a good time to go. You know, people, people are betting on the Pro Bowl, right? Does the Pro Bowl even exist anymore? I don't even know. I think so. I just saw where it was. Oh man, where is it this year? I just saw the commercial for it. But yeah, I don't know. But yeah, the... January, February are typically slower months in Las Vegas outside of CES and a few other events. So most most days it's actually cheaper in January, February than the rest of the year. But there will be weekends that are busier. And then obviously football on the weekends sort of brings people in the playoffs and all of that. So, you know, it's always a, a landmine. Like with Disney, Joe, right? Certain weeks you could look and you have to try to figure out why is it so expensive this week? Why are the hotels so expensive this week? Vegas is very similar. Unfortunately, it's not like the old days where there is as many lulls. There's so many events, music festivals, things going on that almost every weekend is busy and the rates can be crazy. And then you're trying to figure out, okay, why are the rates like this this weekend? So yeah, just be flexible, I think, with Vegas planning. That would be my thing to tell people. If you have a very specific weekend and the prices are really high, there's always not a lot you can do as far as that goes. But if you can be flexible, usually look the weekend before, weekend after. Usually you can find something in a range where you can kind of save some money and, and stuff like that. I guess we should talk while we're on the subject of Vegas, Marriott and MGM, because we finally learned the details of this partnership that's coming. There are a few things we don't know, Joe. First off, we don't know when this is going to start. So we don't know a date uh, for when this is going to so start. So like the most important thing, we don't know. <laughs> yeah, and as people know, it was supposed to start last year when the Hyatt partnership went away. We assume it's the MGM cyber attack that did it, that kind of caused the problem with all of this. But all they're saying is coming soon. But they did announce some of the benefits that you're going to get. And I expect most people listening to this show are interested in what Marriott Elite members will get at MGM Properties. And it's not as bad as we might have thought. To start, there is no reciprocal tier match like we saw with Hyatt to MGM, right? There's no, I have Marriott Platinum status and I want MGM whatever status. That is not the case, although they are matching MGM elites over to Marriott. But basically, this is what you're going to get. So if you're a silver elite, which I think everybody in this hobby should be a silver elite or more with Marriott, it's pretty easy to get that status. You will get a 10% bonus on your eligible spend and you'll earn points on your stay at MGM. So basically nothing. Gold, you get up to a 25% bonus on your points earned, and you also get a 500 Marriott Bonvoy point gift per stay. So they're going to give you 500 points 
for your stay. I guess that could be, you know, what are the points worth? Maybe, you know, a little over five bucks or something. So a little bit something there. Now, if you go up to a Platinum Elite, which I expect a lot of people in this hobby are that, you can get that through credit card. There's been a lot of ways to get Platinum status through challenges, stacking different credit card nights. If you have a business and personal Marriott card, you're going to get $1,000 Marriott Bonvoy points or a $15 food and beverage credit per night. So that's not actually bad, especially on longer stays. And I feel like that kind of offsets the resort fee a little bit. Because remember, a lot of us are used to getting gold status with MGM, which gave us wave resort fees, more discounts. So here at the Platinum Marriott status, you're going to get a $15 daily food and beverage credit. I guess that's something, Joe. Yeah, I was just looking at it. Like, I feel like losing the wave resort fee, that is pretty painful. I mean, resort fees, you know, we know just are a scam. They feel like a scam. I think that having, you know, with the old World of High Partnership, it felt good to have the resort fees waived. Of course, you know, I'm sure people want to know if you're going to be able to check in online as well for other reasons. But with the resorts fees, with the resort fees not waived, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't really feel like as powerful of a partnership, especially if you have like for it's one thing if you're a Marriott Silver Elite or whatever, like you said, like anyone can be a Bonvoy Silver Elite. That's very easy to do. But if I'm like a Bonvoy Platinum you know, I'm going to expect resort fees to be waived. I didn't see, you know, is there a level where they finally start getting waived? Or But but if you can't match reciprocally, like if you can go from MGM to Marriott, but you can't go to Bonvoy to MGM, then like, is there even any way to have that done? I mean, that, that seems really like a real loss for um, miles and points or just loyalty people overall. I think the Hyatt partnership turned into something that was a problem for them. This is just my theory. In all of this tier matching, it was very one-sided, and I think a lot more people matched to MGM, and then they were getting a lot of benefits, and they were reciprocal matching other places, and I think this opened up an ecosystem that MGM didn't like. So my guess is when they went into this partnership with Marriott, they tried to create this benefit list without giving you status, right? And so you do not get MGM status in any way, and this avoids all of those problems while they still give you some of that The one interesting thing, and we'll talk about Titanium and Ambassador Elite in a second, but with Platinum, Titanium, and Ambassador Elite, they are advertising this late checkout benefit. So for Platinum and Titanium, you get a 2 p.m. late checkout, quote-unquote, based on availability, which tells you in Vegas, I mean, I can't imagine you're ever going to get this, but we'll see how it works in practice. Ambassador Elites get a 4 p.m. checkout. What's interesting, though, is this particular benefit they put in the fine print are only available during the promotional period commencing at the participation of the MGM Collection Hotel, and it ends December 31st of 2024. So this late checkout benefit and a few of these other benefits that the Ambassador Elites are going to get are only through this year, so we don't really know. But I guess I should finish this out, Joe. Titaniums get basically what Platinums get, not anything really more. And then Ambassadors you're getting a wave resort fee. You're getting a 1 p.m. check-in, suite, one suite upgrade per year in Las Vegas, complimentary self-parking, a bunch of other stuff. And again, a lot of that's going to end at the end of this year. So Ambassador Elite's getting treated pretty well in Vegas. Everybody else not getting too much. But the good news is if you stay at MGM, you'll earn Marriott points. Based on your tier level, you'll get some bonuses. You have a potential for a late checkout and platinum and above, you know, $15 credit per day or the thousand points, which in most cases, you'd probably want to take the $15 credit per day. So definitely not as good as the Hyatt partnership, but dare I say better than I thought it would be? 
I mean, that's damning with fan, faint praise a little bit there, Sean. Ambassador Elite, that's how high you have to get to get the waived resort fees and complimentary parking. Sean, I did not even know like how much Ambassador Elite was. So while you were talking, I looked it up. It's 100 nights, $23,000 plus spending. Like That's what you need in this Bonvoy MGM partnership to get waived resort fees. I guess, like you were saying, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. Like I'm sure that MGM felt like they got the short end of the World of Hyatt partnership stick. And so that's why they're trying to work these things out. But it's also crazy that they're saying they're only committing to these benefits to the end of the year. That that tells me that they really are spooked by the way the World of Hyatt thing went, right? Because they'll probably extend it if it works out for them. But they're like, we can't commit to further than December 31st, uh, just in case this goes sideways again. I don't know, hire people to figure this stuff out before, you know, hire some white hack hack white hat hackers to like think through the loopholes to your system and you know, not make things not make it look like you're playing scared. Um that that that's just me. But yeah, it's funny. The promo period ends December thirty first, starts who knows when. Could start on December first. We don't even know. Yeah, we don't know, and uh, this is a little nuts. I wonder like the resort fees, right? The wave resort fees how much that played into it. Because remember, when Hyatt and MGM launched their partnership, they were at MLife. This was a whole different rewards program on the MGM side. They relaunched MGM Rewards, gold status, and above gets wave resort fees. That didn't exist before. I wonder if it was them not really figuring out how much revenue they were going to lose from all of these golds coming from Hyatt. And, you know, it became easier and easier to get Hyatt status to match to MGM, and it just became a big play. It was out there on the blogs, on social media. It was very much out there. We're seeing issues right now with Fountain Blue in Las Vegas, the new casino that opened. A lot of backlash against them for not tier matching, which was interesting. And we talked about it on the Vegas show. I talked with Mark about it, how... You know, tier matching in our hobby, we we know about this stuff. We're nerdy. We know how to kind of move from one to the other. And it's a game we play. But it seems like it's a game everybody's playing now. Very similar to how everything in Miles and Points is sort of blown up more mainstream. Tier matching has seemed, seemingly done the same thing in the casino space. And people are just not going to Fountain Blue because they won't match. Because they won't give them a tier. And so I feel like the calculations have changed over the years where everybody knows about tier matching. Everybody wants it. And it's not so good if you can't control it. And that would be my guess here. But it is a, a strange thing, and it's a sad loss for MGM. I know a lot of us are losing our MGM gold status at the end of this month, and uh, that'll be a sad day because I've had either platinum or gold status with MGM. For OG Hyatt Globalists, you used to get platinum status, and then, of course, it changed to gold. But I've had that for like seven years, and it was one of my favorite party tricks to show you know, MGM gamblers, my friends who gambled a lot that I had higher tier status than they did, even though I didn't really gamble there. So all that's a thing of the past, but you know, I'm happy we have something, Joe. I'm happy we have something to replace Hyatt. Yeah. I mean, I think that's good. And yeah, it's funny. I just think these companies have been slow to, you know, the, the populace has been faster to adapt to it's like we said, right? 10, 15 years ago, we were just a completely niche hobby and no one like miles and points. That was just something that was completely foreign to like 95% of the population. I would say that there's still like only five, a small percent of the population is super into it, but everyone is aware of miles and points and credit card rewards and all that. And so, you know, it just feels like, um, 
with Reddit and the internet and stuff, people can be ahead of the curve, and everyone's all, of course always trying to get every angle. And you know, miles and points is still easier than coupon clipping. You know, there's still those coupon clippers out there, but um, it's a lot harder. Now, one uh, random thing for you, Sean. I don't know. I don't. I feel like this is not something that would necessarily be great on your MTM Vegas channel, and I'm not sure where you could do it. But I would like love to hear your thoughts. Maybe it'd be like a bonus episode, so not like your normal episodes. But I would love to hear your thoughts on like how Vegas has evolved over the years. Because it feels like, you know, the last couple of years we've entered this new era of Vegas where Vegas is like an entertainment hub. But of course, you know, was it the late nineties or the early two thousands that like Vegas was trying to be really family friendly? And then, you know, there was that didn't work. And I'm I'm always curious to hear uh, people nerd out a little bit about it, like how Vegas has changed over the years. Because talking about the Super Bowl, uh, you're getting a baseball team now, all that, you know, it feels like we're entering this new era of Vegas again, maybe like the third or fourth era of Vegas since I've been alive. And it's, it's always fun to see Vegas continually reinvent itself. Maybe a history lesson when you and Mark have time. Yeah, and I'll just briefly mention this, but we do talk about this over time. Like we haven't done a show specifically about it, but we do talk about it a lot. And you know, there's some theories among people who have been, I don't know, maybe Vegas historians or something, but people I respect their opinion of is that Vegas has really reinvented itself for every generation of adult over the last four or five generations. And it really catered to that generation and what they wanted. And I guess we have a lot of that and we're sort of in corporate version of Vegas 3.0. So this is sort of the third time these casinos have turned over. It's a very mature corporate environment where you have bean counters and you have all that you have a a loss of the visionaries you don't have as many of the like single casino owners who are out there sort of advocating the visionaries even people like steve Wynn, who a lot of terrible things came out about him but just he had this vision and he had the power and the money to pull it off even when it was something outside of you know the box and a lot of people can't do that anymore and we don't have that vision Um, but yeah that would be an interesting topic i could go forever about that but i am interested hit us up on social media let us know what you guys think about now that we know these marriott benefits what do you feel do you think this is a good thing is this a bad thing you know i'm interested to hear what everybody else thinks obviously a bad thing for me but i'm so into hyatt this was always going to be a bad thing for me I, like I said, I'm pleasantly surprised this is actually better than I thought it would be having platinum status. At least I get something. You know, $15 food and beverage credit doesn't go very far in Vegas, but it, it is something. So I'm excited for that. Of course, as you pointed out, Joe, we don't know when this is coming. So it could come, you know, months from now. It could be at the end of this year. I expect that they're probably working to get this out as quickly as possible because there is this hole, right? Hyatt's been gone for quite a few months now. I'm sure MGM wants to fill their rooms with Marriott people. So hopefully that motivates them. Fifteen dollars is what, Sean? Like two coffees, if if, <laughs> if even. Yeah, if even is the the big point there. Maybe a, a Fiji water, something like that. So I did want to talk about this article I came across from Boarding Area from Travel Update. Now, if people don't know Travel Update, I guess I can give them a plug here. This is the in-house Boarding Area blog where there are people who have their own brand within that. Ian Snyder, who writes for us, and actually he's going to be on the show in a couple weeks talking all about his crazy experience in Hawaii, how he fell off. I don't want to exaggerate the number, Joe, like a 400-foot cliff or something insane. It was a a far fall. He was there for days. They found him. It was a a harrowing story. So he's going to be on the show in a couple weeks to talk about that. I can't wait to, to talk about that with him. But he writes... A Family Fly is free, and there's several different brands on Travel Update. One of them is the Points Pundit, and he wrote about his recent customer service debacle with Hyatt. 
And I thought I would kind of talk about it just to kind of give a word of warning to people. Basically, what he was trying to do was to use a club access award while booking a free night certificate. Now, one of the big rules Hyatt has, and they emphasize this with the launch and all their changes, is that you cannot combine these different awards together. So a free night certificate is an award. A club access certificate is an award. You can't put these two things together on the same stay. Anytime you go to your account, you can go to the awards section, and that has all of your awards, free nights, club access, all of that sort of stuff, guest of honor, a mirror of all free nights, anything you can earn along the way. Those things cannot be combined with each other. That's basically the rule. So what he was trying to do is book the first night using the free night certificate, book a second and third night using points, and then using the club access certificate to upgrade the booking for the second and third nights to get club access, understanding that he couldn't get it for the free night certificate. So he was going in circles with Hyatt customer service as they do this, and the agent said he could do it, and then they said no because everything gets combined into one reservation. And I think he ended up actually booking at a different hotel because of this. And the only reason I want to mention this, not to to pick on him or anything, is just to kind of give people a suggestion on how you can get around some of this stuff. And what you would want to do in this case, so his first night, he wanted to use a free night certificate. Nights two and three, he wants to use the club access award. What you would want to do is book that two-night stay, nights two and three, first, get the club access award applied to that. Then once that's done, book night one with your free night certificate. And then, you know, you can nicely ask the hotel to give you club access for the entire night. You're not entitled to get the club access on the free night certificate. But if you book it all at once, it's going to confuse everything. So just book your two night stay. Make sure that's all locked in. Then book your one night stay. And there's nothing they can do about it that way. You know, you got it locked in. You're good to go. And if they try to combine it or do something stupid, they won't be able to because the awards are on there. And then, like I said, I cannot imagine there's a Hyatt hotel who wouldn't give you club access for that one extra night. But I guess, you know, that's up to them. But uh, if that's how you want to do it, do it. Just think outside the box when making Hyatt reservations and trying to combine things if you have uh, these sort of crazy goals. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I found that I've lucked out with the phone agents that I get. Maybe it's because of the global globalist concierge. But the, the whole system is just so silly. I was... So I'll tell you what I was doing. So I we're hopefully going to Taiwan in February. I wanted to book or I needed to book two rooms because even their presidential suite or whatever is only like rated for four. And I'm not at the point in my life now where it's worth it for me to like try to sneak a kid in or like feel the stress about sneaking a kid in or whatever. So I need I want to get two rooms and I want to get connecting rooms. And long story short, the only connecting rooms are suites, like the smallest level, the lowest level suite. And so I was trying to figure, and there's no family rate I asked. Um, and I was trying to figure out like, what's the best combination of like, should I book my room on points and then do guest of honor? Cause now you can do guest of honor paid with cash. Right. And then do guest of honor, uh, for my wife's room and blah, blah, blah. And we went through like all these iterations. And my only point is, and when we actually take the trip, I'll say what we ended up doing, big market tease for a couple weeks from now, right? But I was just like, why does this have to be so complicated? Like the system. And at one point, the lady was like, oh, we can just write on that we're going to use this award and I'm going to put it in the notes. And I'm like, I'm not going to trust the system to have it put in the notes because like when I get to the hotel and they're like, you're not supposed to be able to combine awards, like it's going to be so messed up. Like, I just don't understand why, you know, it's, it's and it just seems so arbitrary. 
Like if I use a free night award, I can't use a club access award. It just so I feel like there are ways to get around it. We shouldn't have to. And World of Hyatt normally does things like pay your way, for example, makes life very simple. That's great. But this system should not be that complicated to use these awards and stuff. I agree. And having gone to the World of Hyatt event in Chicago and talking to the executives, this is a very deliberate thing. They, I don't, they wouldn't give us an exact reason as to why they want to do it this way. But they made it clear that this is not something that was overlooked, being able to combine awards. It's a feature, you know of the program. That's what they want. I guess it maybe it creates breakage. It creates barriers. I like, like you, I just think if you earned it, you should be able to use it. Why not let us combine all these things together? Um, But there is a reason on the business side that they've chosen to do this. And, you know, it's good to, we can't be all perfect with Hyatt, right? Everybody loves Hyatt so much. We can criticize this. And, you know, the new system, while it's so much easier to be able to book things online and transfer awards to other people. And I think they've done a great job on the interface and all the updates that they've done with it, it does add a little bit of confusion. And, you know, sometimes you just want to think outside the box. Like I said, another way I just did that, and we'll kind of talk about my spring break trip that I booked. But another way that I did that is the Hyatt Regency in Lisbon. I was just looking at it and their standard rooms only hold two people, but their suites hold three people. And so what I did, and I suggest people do this, I've done this quite a few times before, is I just booked the standard room, which was available on points. Thankfully, the standard suite was available, so I could apply a suite upgrade. And at the same time, I asked them to notate the reservation that we there was three of us, two adults and a child, because now we are upgraded into a room that allows for three people. So sometimes that's a good kind of tip if you're searching in a place, especially in Europe, where a lot of the standard rooms are two people. If you can somehow get yourself into the suite, then even if your original reservation is two people, just notate it. I've done that before a lot of times. So, you know, just know what the rules are and then use a little creative thinking. Sometimes you can get around it. Sometimes you can't. And Joe, as somebody who snuck kids into a lot of hotels back in the day, I agree with you. It's not great. And the fancier the hotel, the harder it is, right? I mean, if you're at a cheap, you know, roadside motel, pretty easy to kind of sneak your kids in from the car and not pay that extra person fee or whatever. But when you're staying at a fine hotel where they're paying attention to you, where you got great service, it's just impossible and it adds stress and it's not something I'm interested in doing much anymore. But you can also negotiate with hotels too. Reach out to them. Sometimes these hotels don't actually have a limit of two and it's a mistake. Other places like Paris, you're not going to get away with anything because they have fire codes. Yeah, to be clear, uh, I would happily pay an extra fee if that would allow me to have my kid. And yeah, I think it's like being more or less a rule follower. I think when I learned that some places is actually due to fire codes, that's when, you know, and as I'm getting older too, it became less worth it to sneak kids in or whatever. And I would, I would say, I, I totally agree with you, Sean, though. Like, for example, the number one tip is don't have three kids. Um, that would have made life a lot easier. But like, you know, the I think the regular rooms at the Grand Hyatt Taipei only fit three, but you know I would have booked for three, upgraded to a suite, and then you know added my fourth kit. Like as long as it's under the actual number that is supposed to be the max, it would have been fine. But like I said, the presidential suite is only for four, which is a little bit silly. One last quick question on Hyatt, Sean, guest of honor. I'm like confused. It's always globalist, but you can earn it at forty nights now. 
the way it was explained to me is that it's a taste of globalist, right, for them. So they expect most people to use those on themselves. I remember now the conversation with them about this and the idea being that you could earn it before you get global status. They expect most people to use those on themselves and not to give them away. So it's a way of giving yourself globalist before you have globalist. And that's sort of the thinking behind it. And then, of course, people who already have it, if they earn it in future years, they can just give it away like they normally would. So, yeah. Have I, you I done mean, it yet? No. It, it's it's worth it's worth mentioning that, like, yes, you can call like normal. But now I think what I can do is, in fact, I had to do this because, okay, what I ended up, okay, fine. Spoiler alert. What I ended up doing is I was guest of honor Jess and pay cash rate for my own and then use a suite upgrade for myself. What? you could do and that was cheaper overall what you could what you have to do now is like let's say when i had to guess of honor jess i had to actually transfer the award to her and then when she does a booking she has to check that she wants to use that award and then that's what's like going to connect it so you know i think what a lot of people are going to end up doing is you know if you earn four or five um how many do you earn if you get up to 60k like maybe three or four total i mean 60 nights you know um however many you earn total guests of honor awards like what you could do is you could flip-flop years right this year i could earn globalist get my three or four guests of honor awards attach those to just stays for 2025 not get globalist in 2025 and then rinse and repeat or whatever you know stuff like that so it's weird that like you have to like send the award to the person now but Actually, the concierge could not do that, Sean. Um, that's the other thing I learned. They're like, you have to do this. And I was like talking to them. And I was like, oh, it must be because they don't want the concierge to send the award to the wrong person and then, you know, guests be pissed because they can't get it back because it, it is irreversible. I sent it to Jess. Now that guest of honor um, certificate is on her account, whether she ends up using it or not. Yeah, that, that is a good point. Hyatt made a big point of this. When you transfer an award to somebody else, you cannot get it back. Now, is there an ability in their system to get it back? Uh, if a mistake is made, sure there is. And, you know, this is a little tip, and I've talked about it before. You can get American Express membership rewards back. I once transferred them to Singapore Airlines. Uh, I transferred them from my wife to her account to book a flight for me. They wouldn't let us do that. And we made them send the points back. So there's always a mechanism for fixing stuff. But as you point out, it is easier. It's nicer, especially if you're doing it for a friend. You don't have to transfer points or they don't have to transfer their points to you if that was the case or a deal you were working out, right? You can just send it to them, tell them to book their thing, not have to worry about it. A lot of good things, but uh, yeah, some drawbacks here and just think outside the box. Joe, I did want to talk about this spring break thing that I booked at the last minute, or I have the flights on hold, so I need to pull the trigger on this. But the other day I was watching, and I'm sure you saw this. I know you saw this actually, because I sent you a message that Disneyland Paris is debuting, I forget the exact name of it, but it's the Main Street Electrical Parade in the sky, basically, using drones. And I grew up at Disneyland, the Main Street Electrical Parade, always been my favorite parade. I've seen every version of it around the world, the new versions, the old versions, the OG version. And this is incredible. They rebuilt it. They have almost the same music. All of the old floats are in the sky with drones, a lot of new stuff going on, and it's only going on for six months. And Disneyland Paris has done a ton of drone shows for people who don't know. None of the other Disney parks have done drone shows. We don't quite know why. Uh, We know that Disneyland Paris is working with a company in Europe that does this, but I decided in that moment I have to go to Disneyland Paris this year. Of course, the Olympics are this summer, so Paris is already like the worst city to go to as far as hotels. I hate it. I hate trying to find hotels there. 
they're more expensive. The rooms are small. Oftentimes it's two people per room. It's a mess, but I'm going to do it. And the only time I can do it is spring break, given our limited schedule and the fact that the summer is off limits because I will not go anywhere near Paris this summer. So yeah, I think we're going. And I found some good flights. Economy or business? So that was what I was excited about. So obviously... Las Vegas has become increasingly difficult. I was helping a friend for his trip to Europe this summer. Award space, even in economy on certain routes is just rough. I, you know, it's almost unrecognizable to how this hobby was or what you were doing four years ago and how more, much more difficult it is to redeem points. But for me, I start kind of looking outside the box, obviously looking from Las Vegas, found some economy options, but I was able to find on the exact date we need LA to London to Lisbon. Now, LA to London was the big flight that I need, right? There was other connections in London. So I started to look, trying to find cities in London, cities in Europe that I could connect to and get there the same night, not have an overnight layover with timings and stuff. Ended up on Lisbon, which is a city I've wanted to visit. It's pretty high on my list for a long time. And it's on AA Metal. So uh, Saver Award, Joe, 57,500 AA miles, business class, out of LA. So we have to relocate to LA to fly to Europe. Unfortunately, coming back, I found some okay timings, but everything in economy, I cannot find business. I can't even sniff business class coming back. But I feel like, you know, going there for a week, at least if we get one way in business class, it should be fairly comfortable. And I will admit, I was willing to do economy both ways if I have to, because I really want to go see that stupid drone show. It looks amazing. I don't think you have to be a Disney fan to appreciate it either. It is just like a cool piece of tech. I assume the reason why we can't do it in the States is due to like FAA regulations or stuff, low flying planes or whatever, but it is really cool. I mean, yeah, for Disney nerds, it's even better because they, they brought the music back. And so I, I saw like three seconds of it and I, I like had to turn it off. I was like, I got to see this in person sometime. So I totally agree with you. I I don't know what you're talking about though. I, I love going to Paris, but I agree. It is annoying to find a place to stay. It's like, because there are like too many options and also not any like, perfect options. So I, I totally feel you when it comes to finding lodging in Paris. These are, of course, first world problems because we have lots of options to do on points no matter how we decide to do it. Yeah, I love Paris as a city. Don't get me wrong. Obviously, it's just a difficult city. There's no easy way to go there if you have more than two people. Two people, so many options on points. When you're trying to get a family and you're trying to not spend crazy amounts of money on hotel, uh, it gets a little bit more difficult. And uh, yeah, I love eating a baguette. I love the G. I love everything about Paris. Just a, just a cool city. This summer will be miserable there, I imagine. Prices are going to be even more inflated. And then, you know, as we get closer to the Olympics, uh, it, it, you know, it, there's a reason I don't want to go there this summer. What's also good is that because we're doing all the Asian Disney parks, then we'll have done all the international parks in the same year, all the new Disney stuff, because we're not really debuting much here in the U.S. as far as new Disney stuff. So that's fun. Lisbon, very high on my list, like I said. Very excited to kind of go there, just a cheap flight from Lisbon to Paris to kind of, you know, fill everything out. But I think that this is amazing that I could watch that and then, you know, people know I'm a famous last minute planner, so I don't plan ahead. And for spring break, I didn't have anything planned, although we were going to just take like a short road trip, I think. But this fit the bill. It worked out good. And another, you know, check in the box of points and miles for allowing this, because at the end of the day... Flights will basically be free. Just pay taxes. Uh, hotels will be free. Like I said, I already have the Hyatt in Lisbon figured out with the suite. I am going to look to see if there's better options. I just sort of locked that in. But 
it's a little bit from the center. So if I can get a better option, I'm more than happy to go away from Hyatt to, to do that. But figured it was nice to kind of get it locked in. And in Paris, we'll probably stay out by Disneyland because we're going to spend most of our time there and you know, go into the city just for a day uh, because that's a little bit easier than we don't have to switch hotels and deal with all of that. Uh, we promised Ellie the next time we took her to Paris that we would actually take her up on the Eiffel Tower because we haven't done that on the last couple visits. And I feel like she's old enough now to remember it. So she loves Paris too, which is another amazing benefit of this. I mean, if you just come into this conversation, Joe, it's like, oh, I'm bragging Paris, this and that, like you said, first world problems. But it's amazing that a kid, and I know so many people in this hobby with children can develop relationships. My daughter's been to Paris enough where she loves it and is excited to go. And she loves eating baguettes and cheese like I do walking along the Seine. I mean, very romantic, very cool, and I'm excited to to do it. So I, I guess I, I put the flights on hold. You know, AA, in their infinite wisdom, they allow holds. And do you do this, Joe? Like whenever I'm booking an AA flight, I just don't ever book it. I always put it on hold for some reason to give myself an out, which is so dumb because you can just cancel them now. So there's no point. I guess I'm still caught up in the old days where you had to pay fees, but I still doing that. And I, I just need to get, I'm, you know, as soon as we get off of here, I'm going to, book the flights and, you know, or get them paid for and and we're going because I got everything out. It's a pretty simple trip, although we don't usually go to Europe for a week, which is, you know, uh, it's a little quick. Yeah, I do that all the time, by the way. I still do that. I do it with AA. Anything that lets me hold it, I always hold it first and then give myself the way I tell myself is, you know, I'm just, I'm sleeping on it. So Disney, I can hold stuff for three days without making a deposit, which again, it's silly because the deposit's like fully refundable. I have, I have two weeks in March booked across three different just time periods consecutively, three different $200 deposits at Disney for a potential trip that I'm going to do. So I do it all the time. I put those all on hold first and then made the deposit. The number of times I forget to do the deposit, uh, I also would rather not talk about. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy. But I was just thinking what the retail price of a trip like this would be. Even paying round trip flights were like $1,500, $1,800 in economy. And then you know, the hotels and everything else. And all that is paid for. And that's really cool. I'll pay for the tickets. I'm even looking at maybe staying on Disney property there. I have to see what options I have to book with points. If a city's portal, Chase's portal for a while was showing those hotels. It still shows the hotels at Disneyland Paris, but it shows them all as sold out now. But I know for a fact, sometime in the last few months when I had looked, you could actually book them with ultimate rewards, but that doesn't appear to be the case. But yeah, just you used to be able to use Expedia points. Which, oh shoot, I have, you know, I got that dumb Expedia card four years ago and those points are expiring. I need to use them. I don't know. Maybe we should, maybe we should make a deal, Sean. uh, You can use Expedia points. Last time I checked a few months ago, you could use them. Expedia is on a whole different loyalty program now. So I don't, how, how do those, do they they have a hard expiration date or they just, you keep earning them and then they keep expiring, they keep extending it? Yeah, maybe I should try to see if I can send it. I don't know. They sent me an email. I'm I'm just like oh, I got too much. Okay, let me. I'm gonna put it on my task list right now, Sean. We 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 should. Have we got any more news? I got to get out of here. We you got to book your flight. I got to figure out this Expedia nonsense. Yeah, one last thing I want to update. We don't talk too often about bank bonuses. We'll put a link in the description. You can see it. Chase's great business bank bonuses are back uh, up to 750, but they have a new one. So it used to be tiered a $750 bonus with a $30,000 deposit. Uh, They also had a $300 bonus with a $2,000 deposit. Now that 300 is 400, so you can get a $400 bonus. Um, But if you haven't been playing the Chase 
bank bonus game, yeah, do it. Don't leave that on the table, and we'll put a link in the description. Nothing crazy to talk about, but a $400 bonus with only a $2,000 deposit requirement, that part is new, and I feel like that's worth pursuing for people. A pretty easy way to pick up a few dollars, and yeah, and that can pay for your trip, pay for your spring break, pay for everything. I'm excited, Joe, about getting this trip booked. You know, I talked about how I was so anti-travel coming back from my trip, and maybe I'm finally getting my travel legs back, which is exciting, and we'll talk all about that. Next week, talking about travel, Joe is not going to be here the next couple weeks, so we talked about how I'll have Ian in a couple weeks. He's going to join Mark, tell us all about his Hawaiian story, all of the craziness that happened there. I can't wait to hear all of the details. I've purposely not asked him some of the details because I can't wait to discover it live. And Mark will be joining me for that show. And then next week, we have Ryan Smith, who used to write for Miles to Memories. He writes for Award Travel now, also used to write for The Point Sky. He just completed his 193rd country. He's visited every country in the world. So we have a great conversation just about travel, world travel, some of the cool things he experienced along the way, and how it feels to be one of about 300 people in the world who have visited every country. So that's coming next week. So some very fun shows coming up. I'll miss you, Joe. And I'll see you back here in a few weeks. And where can people find you when they're not listening to this fine podcast? Quick spoiler before that, you did undersell. It was a thousand feet that he fell down. So uh, I looked it up while you had said that, but I'll let him tell the rest of the story when he's on. But you can find me for the next couple of weeks at As a Joe Flies all over social media, Joseph Chung at travelmation.net if you're looking to plan any travel. How about you, Sean? At Miles to Memories all over social media, milestomemories.com for all of our posts, podcasts, videos. We have our Vegas YouTube, youtube.com forward slash miles to memories as well. And looking forward to the shows a couple weeks. Joe, we'll see you back here in a few weeks. Hopefully you can talk about all the fun things that you did between now and then. Thanks so much to everybody out there for listening. Talk to you next time. See ya. Oh, 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 oh.